0: Caution. Oh, yeah. All the systems ready. ready.
1: Ten an eve online small gang p v p podcast I'm Fa and tonight I'm joan joined by my co-host Bloodrun. say hi blood
0: hey you guys. good to be back. I'm really excited that we have another episode coming up so let's uh let's let's get into it
1: yeah there's some crazy stuff happening in eve lately if you are under a rock um you, you this will be news but uh blackout happened local blackout so a lot of podcasts have been talking about this, and uh we're gonna talk about it as well but maybe from a little bit of a different perspective of the small gang pvp Um A lot of the NullSec groups have been kind of covering this stuff. So uh, tonight on the show, we're just going to basically talk about uh, Blackout, a brief intro to what it is, and kind of our initial thoughts on it. We both have been, uh, you know, out flying and, and PVPing in it, so we'll get into that.
0: And then we'll be talking also about how we have kind of gotten to the scale that we are at with the empires of NullSec, uh, and Citadels and kind of some of the in-depth things that have built over the last few years to build or to to create the environment that currently exists in the game and um, maybe kind of how Blackout might be shaking some of those things up.
1: And lastly, we're just going to chat about some of the recent fights we've had, uh, a little more in depth, just kind of, uh, you know, two guys bullshitting in a bar kind of feel about fights in EVE. So two nerds in the bar, I should say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so hopefully everybody enjoys what we're going to be talking about and uh yeah, hang around and and enjoy.
1: Yeah, but uh before we get into it, um you know, if anyone uh wants to sponsor an episode, if you're if you're running a corp and you're recruiting, you want us to shout you out, talk about your your corp or your service. Uh just uh get at us and uh, and see what we can work out. We're definitely looking for a sponsor, so let us know. Also recently uh Blood and I were both on Talking in Stations. So uh, I don't know, Blood, how what was your episode about that you did? It was kind of back to back we were on.
0: Yeah, so I was on the whole story with Izuki Z and um it was it was a pretty fun uh episode. We were talking about the drifters and blackout uh, from the perspective of wormholers. And uh, so there were there were people from a lot of different groups there and kind of different scale wormhole um, activity. And so it was really fun. We had some different perspectives and uh, it was good discussion all around. I really enjoyed uh, talking with those guys and uh, it, was, it was a really fun episode. I highly recommend uh, checking out, listening to it.
1: Nice. nice. I was on the, uh, I believe it's called the midweek show, the one that Artemis and Ron USMC do along with, uh, silver. And we were also talking about, uh, the drifter invasion and local blackout. So it was, it was interesting though, because I was the only small ganger in a, a large room. There was like six guests and everyone was a, uh, like empire building NELSEC type person. So my opinion <laughs> was, uh, you know, the elephant in the room essentially like it, it, everyone was kind of against what i had to say so it was interesting it was fun i didn't blow my top as i bitched about small gangers and uh and how things should be but it was interesting yeah, I thought
0: so. you handled it really well i was listening in and uh it, it was definitely you were the kid in the corner that no one wants to dance with you know um <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, to thanks, to. but it was good i mean it was a good episode and whatever so yeah yeah. It was, it was it's funny. always good to talk content with other people and and just creating content's always the fun part
1: yeah and it's live right so they stream it and uh i i didn't have my webcam app because i was kind of dealing with my kids at the same time i didn't want my kids to be on on cam obviously with a bunch of eve nerds so i didn't have my face on the stream and it's good because like i sounded calm but i was like face raging, if that's a thing, if you don't like, <laughs> if you know what I mean. At, uh, yeah, at what your people face are saying. is like yeah. contorted,
0: but your your tone is just very calm and collected. Yeah, it's pretty funny.
1: So anyway, give that a listen, guys. It is, uh, it is good content. There's some boring shit at the beginning about uh, the Southern War, which, I mean, it's not really that boring. It's Eve content, so it's not my preferred content, but you guys should give it a listen and uh, yeah, listen to the parts about we had some really good discussion on like hunting and blackout and without local and Everything like that, kind of like what we're gonna talk about today, except you know today we're just gonna roll into it much more small gang focused basically um not gonna get into the empire building aspect of it, so take it away blood
0: so let's let's talk about blackout um it's been really interesting we're now a week in, so we kind of it's not all just speculation anymore um and I've been flying, you've been flying, we've been roaming out into null, and I think a good place to start is just kind of some of our initial observations um so i know we've kind of discussed when we're roaming face space like some areas of space seem more empty but also some areas of space seem more i'm gonna use the term organic a lot tonight i think um in that when i when i go into a system i do see things on D skin. it feels like those things those ships those people are are more active they're actual people um and there's the potential to catch them or to to that they might actually start defending their space um that's just like my initial impressions um what what about you pharaoh what what's kind of like the 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 first couple times you roamed did you feel a difference um what what did you kind of think was going on
1: i definitely felt it felt different i i like you using the term organic it does feel more organic some you're right some areas of space were more empty but some areas like it, there was a ton of activity and it was super exciting and fun and engaging and I really like the attitude that uh, the goons or Imperium took to this so like delve was just locked down the only way in was wormholes or something that could run an insta lock camp like they had people out they had supers and titans like titans cloaked off gates with bosons ready like just stupid things and you know it's like oppressive and it's difficult but i'd much rather groups do that than you know bitch and cry and whine and say they're not going to log in or you know those other things like that like it's oh yeah use what the game mechanics have instead of complaining about it there there's so Mm -hmm. many tools and i know the imperium is the largest group so it's easy for me to say that And But, you know, a lot of the groups have umbrellas like that. And you don't have to have a Titan on a gate. It is overkill. You could just have a, you know, cheap T1 cruisers with remote CBOs and lockdown stuff that way. Like, it's it's not the most difficult thing to do.
0: Yeah. And what I find really cool is the the empty space uh, thing. People often refer to it as, like, a negative. But for me, that was fine because... I moved through that area, and I went, oh, it, it doesn't really, I don't see anything on D scan, doesn't feel like there's anything here, and I just keep on going, and I just move through. Um, whereas, if you see 10 people in local, but there's nothing on scan, I'm going to waste time hanging out, hoping to get a fight for people who aren't active, or aren't moving around, or have no intention of fighting, um, and then... I remember the second day or something, we just had like three retributions and we went towards an entry system. And we were originally thinking, okay, there might be a gate camp there. Um, We get there, we start searching around the area and there wasn't any. So then we decided, well, let's start a gate camp. And we had no idea how many people were in the system or moving through. But what we ended up doing was this kind of Felt very old school. We set up like a, a small bubble camp. We we're chilling. And then after like 10 minutes when we would get bored, we would zip around the constellation because we didn't know if there were people, you know, 20 people next door or not. We'd zip around the constellation, quickly look for any activity or any signs of activity or ships moving around that had like bypassed us. And then we would like come back and hang out. And we did that for about an hour. And even though there wasn't a ton of fighting in that hour, it felt more engaging like we were paying more attention to oh gate fire oh okay like that means they're probably coming from this direction and you know get ready something's gonna land in the bubble or um scouting ansiblexes or things like that because we didn't have the information that someone had just entered local unless we were actually on the gate with them from where they just came you know or or saw them coming in and that to me was more engaging even if the fighting wasn't necessarily higher quantity um and so that that was uh like the first two three days that was my feeling that i got that i really liked
1: yeah i was i was with you on that and it it was funny because i spent the first like 10 jumps I didn't warp gate to gate if the gate was outside of d range. Like I warped Celestials and D scanned it. I was giving my two fleetmates shit, and I'm like, yeah, like it was me and it. like, come on,
0: what like, was it? Nick? I don't remember who it was, but yeah, we just kept on going. We just we did not care. We were like, well, I don't know if we land in a bubble, then that's content, right? Like, uh, it's yeah, it, funny, like,
1: hiding retribution with snakes. Right. Like I was like, like a zero. No. So yeah, so one thing I want to touch on, and, and you mentioned it, is uh, when you're moving around and how. Um, if there's previously 10 people in local that you would then waste time. And one of the big things that I heard people talk about when, with Blackout is like, oh, you hunters, it's going to take you so much longer. First off, I'm going to use the term hunting and small gang kind of synonymously because that's what the community has has been doing, the Eve community. Um, so you hunters or you small gangers are going to take more time moving through systems because you can't just blitz through empty systems. Well, Like and I said on TIS, like that's not the case. It's not going to take long to go through a system. You don't like warp to each anomaly to check them. Literally, all you have to do is bring up the system map, see if there's a large cluster of anom's or things out of your D scan range. Like sometimes I'll even get a a celestial, a cluster of anom's on my D scan range as I'm warping through it to the other out of D scan range cluster. And just like mid-warp hit a hit V and D-scan that area. It's very quick to do. And you get a really great visual if you open up the solar system map in game. Like it, it hasn't been slower. I'm putting that out there. Like it is not yeah. slower roaming around. It's just as fast and much more engaging.
0: It's it's far more engaging because now when I jump into a system, I don't see that there's 10 people and then I warp across system. And there's nothing on D-Scan, and I, I get bumped. Instead, I work across the system. There's nothing there. I go. This system must be empty slash inactive, and I and I move through. Um, and then when when I do see something on D-Scan, I'm I'm much more engaged because I feel like there's a much higher possibility of catching them, even if they're very active. Um, you know, I just there's that sense of um, this this is an active player who can make mistakes uh and and that to me is far more interesting and i i enjoy that more even if they end up on a citadel then i go well at least that guy was on top of it like he knew what he's doing or or whatever um and i guess that kind of transitions to me to like another observation and it's it's kind of speculative but i feel like delve hasn't decreased at all in its activity still like pumping it out crazy certain areas like fraternity. I don't really feel like their activity level has decreased as far as like their PVP response to people coming in, but I do see, or I feel like I see less PVE activities happening in that area. And then on the flip side, there's certain regions that are just completely shut down. And where the speculation comes in is it feels like some of that activity that, that has dropped off is, highly suspicious and feels a lot like botting has just been shut offline. Um, Definitely it part of like... it is botting
1: too but like so I have an alt in a like renter-esque uh, corp um, I don't pay rent like I'm a member in the corp and they used to be renters and now they're not but they're not under a large super umbrella they're not hyper organized basically okay so these guys I just kind of rat there and, and hang out but basically all of them essentially stopped playing they're not active and they just say like basically ccp doesn't want us to play their game and to groups like that i kind of say harden the fuck up or get out like (laughs) like the content that they do these guys and like i said at first hand i'm in this corp i'm part of their group like uh they aren't on comms with each other very frequently they just log in. Some people have like you know multi-box VNs, multi-box whatever. Some may be bots. I don't know because I don't even engage with them. Like I, I talk to them sometimes on comms if people are around. I try to get on and and talk, but they don't engage with each other. They don't try different things. It's all just about min-maxing ticks and like what is that gameplay? It's that's not yeah. like it
0: seems. And and I have an alt in Horde um, for just ratting, and I'm actually. I feel like they're still very active. Um, I see a lot of people talking in their Intel channels, reporting people coming through, like things like that, which I feel with Blackout, it only emphasizes how much more important it is for groups to be using their communication. Um, Whether it's in an Intel channel or on like on comms, just being like, hey, oh, there's a group of five dudes moving through this area. They're headed this direction, that kind of stuff. But so I see that. And then, on the flip side because my ratting all i've positioned away from the main area of horde i i've been bothered less ratting in my vni now than before uh just because and and probably people have popped in i'm not the most vigilant with like dscan but if someone pops in and they don't immediately find me they might just assume that no one's there like if i'm on an anomaly that's far away or something and they might just leave or uh you know it's just or they might only prioritize higher population systems um with the in-game map because there's just not like that guaranteed uh outcome uh, you know that they they'll get some kill when they come as far off the, the path as I am you know um so it's like for those groups that just kind of shut down and i think this is where we'll see what CCP ends up saying or doing. You know, they'll have metrics on this. But for those groups that shut down, then I just feel like, well, you're playing the wrong game. It's it's not that CCP doesn't want you to play their game. They obviously do want you to play their game. They just want you to play in a different way,
1: in an engaged way. So one of the things I really like about Blackout is just the the lack of intel. So a lot of the NullSec empires have tools that basically chime through your speakers when someone comes into local uh, in a you know X amount of jumps from your system or, or whatever you kind of set up. It's like a, a, a bot that will kind of alert you. So the biggest thing for that is obviously when you don't have a local automatic like that, that tool takes a big hit. And I really think that delayed Intel um, or, or the rather the manual input of intel because someone actually has to scout that person and manually put it into the tool. Um, I think that's a big benefit to to blackout. I I really dislike. I think instant intel like that um, really denies content. Uh, I, I yeah I can't say more about that. I, I I think it's ridiculous that anything like this was even in the game to begin with.
0: And I. I... I think it's important to note as well that it's not just content for the attackers. It's also response content for the defenders. Um, I feel like a lot of what we were hearing, and, and maybe I just have like the most skewed opinion because I like to PvP, but a lot of what we were hearing from uh, NOLSEC entities um, on on podcasts and other mediums was this sense of well I can't fight back like I either need to escape or I'm going to die and that to me is so odd like living in wormholes half the time you get attacked and you die and that's the beginning of the fight you know your your response is the fun part and you know there were so many times in the past where baiting out fights was the key like you you were trying to get attacked in order to then you know bring in your group to fight um and that happens a lot more in low sec too maybe that's the focus of of you know it's more pvp focused or something but that delayed intel is what leads to that content and then that response content can be very fun and and can you can you know enjoy that if you're prepared for that. Like, it's not a thing where you just always have to die or run. Um, and it, yeah, like, that delayed intel is, is crucial to that. And then if if people are manually inputting that information in, then props, you know, they're active, they are participating, and they then they deserve to probably, you know, to get, escape or have... A safer area because they're patrolling it and they're paying attention to it um but for you know intel bots um or just straight up automated pve uh, it's just kind of it was kind of ridiculous um how easy that became
1: yeah and i think this is like it creates more engaging gameplay i like if you can't tell i think blackout should be permanent and I don't think we should introduce structures to, to fucking band-aid it, but hear me out. If you're the typical line member in Nullset Group A, like you're basically letting other people play EVE for you. So you make ISK, you buy the ships that they tell you to buy, you fly them when they tell you to fly them, you shoot the things they tell you to shoot, you anchor on who they tell you to anchor. Like, What are you doing What game? Like, that's not Eve. And I know it's cool to have the large aspect. And I, I don't give a fuck about that large gameplay aspect, personally. So the people that do, NullSec Blackout gives them an optional thing to do when they're not being told what to do. Now they can engage and learn PvP. And maybe then they'll know, hey, that's why my anchor is flying this fleet that way. That's why... They're trying to minimize transversal when we're flying an artillery doctrine. Oh, that's why we're pulling range against this this uh, this uh, you know mid range doctrine when we're in a long range doctrine. That's why they're making these decisions and that kind of gameplay, that kind of decision making when you're out learning those things, doing small gang and trying to push off people roaming into your space. It, it's like a net benefit for everyone. Um, you're gonna get better at pushing gangs off that are roaming into your space. You're gonna get good kills. You're, you know, and maybe that type of small gameplay is going to grow new people into FCS. Like you hear all the nullsec FCS. There aren't any new nullsec FCS. It's been the same people doing it for years, and they can't even be bothered to to FC sometimes. I've heard people, you know, I'm not gonna name names, but I've li- literally heard people say like, oh, I like I can't do this right now. Like I don't have the energy. It's a chore to FC. Like, man, I think they're they're Nolsek is in desperate need of some new blood when it comes to that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and they they tend. I don't see any new FCs really growing and and coming up the ranks because if there's a big fleet going on, it's one of the main FCs that's that's you know presiding over it. It's Elo or it's Vili or it's Killa or you know it's it's one of those dudes. Um, and maybe that I maybe that's being out of touch with the null game, but I was in NC. for a year and a half, and I would say we had four FCs when I was flying. It was like Vince, um, and like, oh, I can't even remember their names, but it was like always the same four dudes. Um, and when I would go on those, it was follow the leader. It was, you know, um, click F1, anchor up, blah, blah, blah. And whether you lived or died was pretty much just dependent on uh, whether you got unlucky enough to be primaried and whether or not your Lodgy were on top of it or or had a high enough number count to keep you alive. Like, that was pretty much it. Um, (laughs) And so it's just, yeah, like, I think there's more opportunity for, like, junior FCs to even get small fights and just... Get comfortable and learn and target call and whatever and then for line members to like be more active in their roles you know learn how to to scout like you know it, the other thing is in those fleets i remember a lot of times it was like the same four people scouting on scepter alts while they had their mains in fleet and maybe that'll still happen but maybe other people can learn like about scouting about d scanning trying to figure out where other you know fleets are or what their movement is pattern is or how they're set up and get warp ins and like hopefully that's good for the game, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean you think about the counterplay now. So let's say you're hitting let's say you're in like a, a medium sized fleet hitting a structure. And now the scout thing you mentioned, that's great. I love I mentioned this on TIS that the now a scout is actually a role. A real role where Having a good scout and they're kind of roaming around one to three jumps away from where you're at, your fleet is at, looking for things, relaying intel. Like, that's that's great. That's really cool.
0: And and they have to pay attention to gates. Like, they have to be de-scanning different gates. They can't just see 30 people come into local and go, the fleet's here. You know, they need to be near them or close enough that they can... Catch what the fleet is on D scan and an approximate number, and that that could take some skill depending on like the where you're located, or you could just stick them on one gate at the risk of of you know a group scouting you and, and moving around or something you know. But either way, it creates more, it creates a very important role in a scout and it creates more counterplay options.
1: Yeah, and one of those counterplay options, which I really like the idea of, is uh, like using things like cloaky interdictors. Like, with good scouting. So when that gang's coming to engage, you can either greatly slow them down by, you know, making them warp to a bubble 100 off their out gate, which is, you know, your in gate all the way. Just kind of waterboard them along the way. Um, things like that. Like, they won't be able to see who's in local. So it's impossible to for them to know that there's cloaky sabers and stuff like that there. So... You know, things like that. There's just lots of good counterplay. I, I really like the whole idea of it.
0: Yeah, I think we'll see metrics over the next month, and I think that'll really tell the tale of what's going on. And whether or not Blackout becomes permanent, I think it should be permanent as well. But whether or not it does depends on what CCP's goals were. If their goals were just, like, combat botting, then mission accomplished for the time being. At least, yeah. you know. If, if their I goals to think...
1: have a fun, engaging game, then you know they know what to do
0: right well and and that's the other thing is like also we don't have the metrics of how many players or accounts or whatever are disappearing but if it just depends on what their goal is if if their goal is more player movement then they can just look at like player activity percentage like or jumps percentage wise to number of players online or something right i i'm trying to phrase this well but it's so essentially whether players that are online are staying in their same system constantly or if they're moving around more and they can determine, you know, essentially if the if people are more actively moving um, and if that's their goal, like they should be able to evaluate that and that metric and go from there. So I think that's probably what CCP will will make a decision on. Um but so far a weekend i'm happy with blackout um i enjoy it in multiple areas both on my riding alt and you know roaming around looking for stuff um it i think it also opens up a lot of gameplay areas like black ops to to be more um interesting or or to kind of come back in and i haven't really seen anything major from like Big, you know, like bombers bar, or even like small black ops groups. But I'd be curious to see what happens there. Um, and then, you know, groups that are really cognizant of their space and they're really active in maintaining control over it, like Delve currently, like then they're doing it right. You know, they're uh, they at least deserve to control that to the to the degree that they are. You know. Um, because they're putting in the effort and they're putting in the time and they are scouting those things and they are setting up gate camps.
1: Yeah. And
0: one one initial reaction
1: I saw a lot of people had was uh towards the combat recons. So this is something I want to talk about because uh again on TIS, I was asked, you know, are curses going to be the only thing roaming around? And man, combat recons are are not solo ships, guys. They are support ships. They are excellent support ships. But if you think you're going to catch more people roaming around in a Curse or a Lachesis than you would if you had a couple people roaming around in hyperspatial stilettos, give your head a shake. The one, the one area where a combat recon performs a role better as like scouting initial tackle is... When you roll your null stack static and you first jump into a hole, that is it.
0: Yeah, after you've gone a couple gates, gates yeah, or tackled one dude, like that kill mill is getting linked. Like you're, you know, people are going to figure out where you're, where you're kind of moving around to.
1: Yeah, let's let's expand on this. Why why are they not as good as everyone thinks they are? A, you are very susceptible to gate camps. It's a cruiser, and on top of that, it's a pretty slow cruiser. So you're not getting out of gate camps. That's that. Uh, interceptors get away from gate p- camps. Other good ships for this kind of thing, like uh, cloaky Frigs and things like that to get initial tackle.
0: Any, any cloaky ship can get through a gate camp better than a Curse can.
1: Yep. Tech 3 cruisers are better roaming around ships to, to get initial tackle than uh, combat recons. Combat recons yeah, are only going to be good for gimmicky shit where you're staying in the same system and not moving around. And even then, yeah. all somebody has to do is bring probes. And with how uh, prevalent Tech 3 cruisers are, CovOps Tech 3 cruisers, a lot of them fit expanded probe launchers. There's a lot of T3Ds roaming around. All those can easily fit combat probes. You know, I think people just like saw No Local and were like, wow, combat recons.
0: Yeah, and if you land on grid with something that you you know you have legitimately got the jump on, and if they're fifty, 50, 80 k away, you are not going to be very fast. Like they need to not be paying attention for you to get them. Whereas like a stiletto landing, overheated point range out to like thirty six, and they go five k or six k a second overheated, like without snakes or anything, you can you can snag a catch before a ship can align. Uh, and, and like the, that's where it's just like having a good interceptor pilot that can like, you know, yeah, the 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 D scan immunity like helps while you're in warp. But as soon as you drop out of warp, someone's making an action and the stiletto is going to be far faster at doing things on grid, uh, you know, and and escaping and, and moving around space than that cruiser that recon will.
1: yeah. I- the lichisus is like I said. The curse w- curse has the exact same role as it did before. I don't care. The lichisus, the one roll with the long point to land on grid and grab something, but like I said, not roaming around. But that's it. it through your yeah. null static. After that, like you may as well just use the things that people are using right before the blackout. So, that's my feelings. Some people may not agree with me,
0: but I do find it interesting like yeah the curse shot up in prices and all that and like that speculation but the stratios people are buying tons of Stratoses, and i find that one interesting because i don't feel like its role changed either um maybe for like camping or something but no i love the Stratos. i think it's great um and i think cloaky ships are probably prioritized over recons as far as effectiveness but i just found it kind of funny that uh suddenly the stratios is like a very you know demanded ship <laughs> yeah i
1: i'll take back what i said there's one more role that i think a combat recon could do well in, and that's ded hunting so True. Uh, so there's there's been a curse fit that there were some videos out a while back like a dual rep really blingy curse fit that would just go in and newt the fuck out of a dd runner like a cruiser while being able to tank the rats in there quite well with uh yeah. with a very focused tank so like and that's that got a buff that's you know that dd runner won't see you on D scan, and they won't see you in local um realistically a good dd runner would probably have an alt on the gate watching it yeah
0: time. and that's because you're having to burn through gated rooms in order to get to somebody, that's where that advantage of the scepter is kind of negated to an extent because they are behind multiple rooms of protection, um, and and you know they can be watching their close D scan and see a scepter getting really close. Uh, so that yeah, I, I agree there. I think the curse uh, is probably the best for that. A lichisus could like go in and get initial tackle, and then you could bring in a DPS ship or something. Um depends on like what, what the site is too, uh, which ships you'll want to use or, or prioritize.
1: All right. So with that, guys, I mean, that's pretty much all for, for Blackout. Uh, will it be permanent? Please, CCP, if anyone from CCP is listening to this, please throw small gangers a bone. You know, I, Not just the, small gangers.
0: Th- throw all of Eva Bone, man. Like, if I think it's a good change, period.
1: Yeah, I should say, don't listen to the voices that are complaining. Is a better way to put it. Um, you know, I, there's that song, that music video that they always play at the, at the player gatherings. Harden the fuck up. And I think CSP needs to to you know listen to their own song right now and uh and and keep it in and just tell people to harden the fuck up eve of old let's get back to it 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 feels like it's been care bear or crabbing online the last three years um so yeah with that let's let's get into what's been happening in three years last three years so we kind of want to talk about um in the small gang meta it's kind of been a decline in the gameplay a lot of really prominent players have quit um Content is kind of harder to find. And a lot of the... Even the mid-scale stuff is kind of... There's a lot less of it nowadays. And uh, we want to go through and kind of talk about why.
0: Yeah, and I think the starting point... um, There were definitely changes that impacted Small Gang. But I feel the real ramp up started with the introduction of Citadels. Um, There's this post by Setonia. But it, it showed some metrics. But essentially, Citadels came into the game in April of 2016. And that, was, that expansion not only brought in Citadel structures, but also revamped fighter mechanics, um, brought in high-angle weapons, force auxiliaries, or oracle changes. And, and that was, there was this shift in a lot of different mechanics to focus on the bigger scale. Um, And I feel like that is the initial point where things started to change and be more heavily focused on large group or large ship kind of uh, focus and escalation. And they did state with that change that they wanted to make, you know, those big ships feel important and feel valuable. Um, And I think they accomplished that, Uh, but uh, to, to an extreme. And um, yeah, so those citadels really kind of made the atmosphere uh, much harder for small groups to operate because even one large ship could could counteract, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'd say ten to twenty ships on grid, um, and and when you're in a gang that only consists of ten ships, then that one capital has negated all your ability.
1: So let's just kind of move through this like by subtopic. So let's talk about Citadels first. So you mentioned Citadels were launched. What is it about Citadels that kind of is a anti-content thing? So Citadels were designed to replace posses, which they're still in the process of doing, but haven't completely phased out yet. So Citadels kind of also take the place, or have taken the place, of outposts. Um, so one thing about outposts is when you landed on an outpost, when you warped to it, A, the outpost couldn't shoot you, and B is if someone was around the outpost, they could be shot. So there was some kind of like play and counterplay with that. Stations in general were content magnets where people you know, would undock and maybe it's a kick out, or maybe when they warped to it, they landed just outside a docking range, things like that. Um, while citadels have a massive sphere around them, and the second you land, you tether up, as long as there's some predetermined things that, you know, like you, you don't target someone, you don't have aggression, all those things. You just land and you get tethered, and that's that. You're invulnerable, you can be bumped, but people are even complaining about bumping off of tether, which is fucking ridiculous, that they would complain about that. The other thing about citadels is they can shoot, so they can be manned, and they have very powerful tackle, weapons, Ewar, everything fighters even some of them so you compare this to a poss and posses would randomly shoot at things you know you would take you would get aggression from the They didn't have to be manned they were automatic but you know they weren't near as dangerous as as the way these citadels are and they're they didn't they didn't crush content the same way and the biggest thing i think is that one like people don't really talk about this but you used to be able to trap things inside of a pos by anchoring bubbles around it. You can't anchor bubbles on a, uh, you know, manned Citadel grid. They're just going to clear them. It's, it's like, they're so protective of the owners. It's ridiculous.
0: Well, and the, the models for the Citadels expand all the way out to the ring that ends tether. Right. So uh, anchoring those bubbles, they have to be all the way on the outside. They, they can't just be at the center um, because they're considered too close to a structure. Uh, so to to bubble the entire thing would be insane. And that Citadel can just shoot them and just kill them. Um, you know, and and the kind of along the same lines, one of the issues we've encountered is with Sino inhibs. uh you put it down but it it can only be anchored so close to a structure. But that structure distance starts at the extreme edge of tether range. So you're actually placing that Sino inhib like 125 kilometers from the center of the citadel. So someone can undock and that inhib has zero effect on them um, because it was forced to be put so far away right so sino and hips become useless on those structures and like this may i think this may be sounding kind of ranty and I'm, we're going to try not to make it sound ranty <laughs> right it's the the idea is that there is a set of mechanics that we're trying to be replaced with passes, and i would be totally fine citadels would be great if they just simply replaced passes. but instead of replacing passes, what they did is they took mechanics of posses and they took mechanics of stations and they combined them and then they also added additional mechanics like tether being able to use fighters um the the tackle distance uh and things like that hundreds so, of kilometers
1: hundreds yeah, of kilometers with,
0: with keep stars, you end up having a, D, a, a, a DD, you know, and and those aspects are what then cascade that capability. Um, and I feel like with stations in particular, they were these content magnets. They they provided opportunities for people to make mistakes, both attackers to make mistakes and get you know locked down. Um, uh, while the opponent could like de aggress and dock, oh, as well as the potential for like, I remember setting up MJD bookmarks at zero undocks so I could warp straight to a zero undock and then immediately boosh, you know, from coming off D scan or something. So if someone wasn't paying attention, they were trying to do station games with undocking and stuff, we could land right there. Or you get into system and you see, a rattlesnake was in a site, but it has warped back towards station, and you could land at the zero undock and potentially boost them because they might land like two k off or something like that. And and that tether mechanic completely negates that, um, and that so that mechanic was new, and I do see the value of that mechanic. What I don't like and what I think is really disadvantageous towards an environment of Conflict is that that uh, like that mechanic and some of the others like um, point defense systems. Uh, well, point defense is kind of an edge case, but tether specifically is available on every citadel, and I feel like maybe that should be reserved for certain citadels. Um, and maybe it's because the you know CCP had hoped to remove passes faster than they currently have or something on those lines but that mechanic being available for every citadel and those citadels being very spammable uh is what makes uh, fighting on citadels really frustrating it's what makes clearing citadels from from areas very frustrating and um you know we we see this unlimited citadel spam or usage in, in certain areas, that means it's just impossible to deal with. Um, I know like passes always had to be on a moon, right? Which limited not only their location in space, but their quantity, how many you could have. Uh, and with certain citadels, uh, Athenors have to be placed on a moon, but that's because of it. they're tied to that function. But astra houses, fortizars, keep stars like you can you, Satoyos, Tataras, like you know you can Ritarus you can just i I remember Ritaru replaced Passes as your staging uh structure because it was the cheapest you could anchor one and you could just you'd have tether and full station abilities of refitting and um setting up contracts and all kinds of stuff you know you can and how much are and, one of these these uh fabulous like, structures? 500 mil? 600? So like, I don't so know. Like, my map could be off, but it's not much.
1: So half the price of my mid-grade snake clone?
0: Yeah, it's it's like not much. And you get everything that you got in NullSec from a station. Um, another funny thing to me is that there's the Sov mechanic for station for capture, and we've seen some of the biggest fights come over that because uh, assets could Potentially have gotten trapped in stations, right? I think that's what BTAC R was about. Um, and so now, because stations were removed, um, that Saab mechanic, like there's no point in uh, trying to trap quote unquote assets somewhere by, by like station, but then um, you don't have that same mechanic or ability to trap assets with citadels. If you kill a citadel, cool story, asset safety, like they get everything back. So it it just doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) So so PanFam just got pushed out of the north by Imperium and they're relocating to the drone regions. Like the fucked up thing here is one of the things, like literally getting pushed out of their north, getting all their space wrecked by the Imperium, helped them move because everyone's shit woke up in a station, a central station. I mean, you have to pay the recovery fee, but all that stuff that they own just like appeared in a low sec station that they could then magically jump freighter out to move to their new home. Like, yeah. I,
0: I, I like, mean, it saved how... them probably at least like one to two jumps in, in jump freighters or capitals, you know?
1: Like, it's crazy. Like, how handholdy does it need to be? Like, how? I just don't. I... It's, well, it's going to be and difficult. Again...
0: This goes back to the, the whole point that I'm trying to make is that there were mechanics in place that were replaced, but then there were additional things added. Um, another one that I, I really re- enjoyed and I remember seeing videos that were super cool by like Lucy Liu was stations when they introduced the Intosis mechanics where you could Intosis like, clone bays and fitting um, ab- abilities for that station so and it was annoying for the defender if they didn't want to stop you they could just let you disable those but then they couldn't use fitting and they couldn't use jump clones until someone else got out there with an intosis and like turned them back on but as a small ganger that you could you could do that you could get those people would get an alert They'd send somebody to check it out, and you might get really, really blobbed, but you might get a fight out of it. I remember watching like 100 MN Vagabond stuff with an Entosis on it. Um, You know, and all you're trying to do is disable a strategic, um, uh, like a strategic module for them, right? A clone bay, a fitting module, a repair uh, station, whatever. And that affects their ability to use that station. How You can't do anything like that with citadels. There's no interference other than killing it. And to kill them takes a lot of effort with timers, with damage cap. um, And at the same time, there's really not a lot of benefit because either they're going to move all the stuff out because there's no way you can bubble it all, or they're going to just asset safety all of it and they get it all back anyway so there's no incentive and that's what like I feel like so much of the game should be built around incentive right risk and reward actions and consequences uh and over that the the periodic uh development of citadels the which i think these are cool mechanics but it's just the implementation so if you have tether maybe you shouldn't get asset safety or maybe your asset safety should be way reduced um if you have asset safety then maybe you you don't you know you don't get to fit um a point defense system you know like these these kinds of trade-off mechanics but but right now, with Citadels, you get everything. Like, you, you get the full package um, at no cost, and there's no decision making there. There's um, no no risk, uh, but you do get the reward that previously you could only get with a station. Um, and stations were only available in certain systems. And those systems became key fighting points because they were staging areas. You could only advance so far. Uh, in, because you needed a station to base out of and and that kind of aspect. But now you just, oh, you need a staging area? Throw down a Rattar, throw down an Astro House, throw down a Fortazar. And for those bigger alliances, that strategic um, gameplay doesn't matter anymore. You just can slow push in and just anchor and spam citadels until one side gets too tired to fight and then you steamroll. Um, Yeah, it's
1: I don't know. I I think we're pretty much done on Citadels. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I I guess and, and we <laughs> also bad. like
0: we went away from the small gang aspect too. Like I mean my biggest annoyance is it's just really hard to fight on them. Every time I'm on a citadel grid, it doesn't matter what I'm in. I could be in like uh, a super uh escapable phantasm. I could be in an MJD battleship. Just doesn't really matter. I tend to just get neutered out and dead like fast. And, and nothing. nothing I can do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. All right, well, so after Citadels, let's move into Capitals. So as as Blood mentioned, when Citadels came out, it was kind of accompanied with some big capital changes. Uh, so they introduced HAW weapons. They changed fighter mechanics en- entirely. The, the Rorkel got changed. Faxes got changed. Bosons got changed. So let's go through each of those. So the first thing uh, we mentioned was Haw's. So Haw's high-angle weapons, they basically allow Capitals, Dreads, and dreads and titans to track like a battleship um they don't do as much damage as they are when as they do when they're using their their large-scale capital guns but uh they do significant amount of damage so before the changes that just happened to titan could kind of peak around 6k ish dps i want to say and now they're they're down to around three if they really fit damage mods and stuff and and dreads are up there you know two to two to three k i believe as well so you know that kind of gave them the ability to drop a single haw on on some roaming small gangs, and if you do, if you can't really deal with it well, like you're just gonna get pretty fucked. Especially if they have a bit of support, it's it's a pretty big content ender. Um, I like fighting haw, haw dreads, but like when there's one of them, <laughs> uh, but but it's very common to see haw dreads and titans dropped on you with haws. Uh, you know, it happens all the time to us. The fighter mechanics was probably the biggest like, small gang-specific thing. The work changes were huge, but fighter mechanics. So one of the big things they changed with that is they gave them sirens, which are the fighters that that can tackle you, right? Hold you in place. And just the way that the fighters move around with the micro-warp drives, they're very fast, the light fighters. Um, Sirens also have a micro-warp drive. So fighters can essentially get on you, apply to you fairly well. It's been nerfed, um, but, you know, it still is a very meta-defining uh, ship and, and feature. So um, fighters definitely play a large role in the meta, and coupled with how capitals have proliferated, it's it's just huge.
0: And it's really important to note, high-angle weapons and fighter mechanics have both been changed uh, o- over period of time over the last three years but um and and i think they're in a much better place now than they were but when they first were introduced they were just extremely effective their application was very very good and while they did do like i think the it was one third the damage of capital guns it it didn't matter because you're in a subcapital ship and you would get volleyed off the field like so it it was like comparing two different things apples and oranges right like they have different qualities and so you're like well it, it does one third the dps yeah but you're shooting at a ship that has one fiftieth of the tank right so it was just this very um it, it, it they were very uh strong and and their application was just too good to avoid um And I think they're in a little bit better place now. Um, I actually don't mind one, like one or maybe two carriers, depending on the ships that I'm in. Um, If I'm kind of focused more on on escaping those, Um, but then a dread, dreads are still scary, man. They'll still if you're in anything larger than a cruiser, they'll still hurt real bad, Um, and uh, it's it's not a fun day to exist on grid with them um but yeah and then around that time as well or at that same time oracles got buffed and there's since been some adjustments made to them um but their mining yield was just extreme and their tank was absolutely uh it was w- what uh so right now it's i think you get 80 percent shield bonus or shield boost at max level and it used to be a what, 120 or 130 percent Something like that. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't think it really matters. Their ability to like basically not give a fuck about who is attacking them, um, as long as they're under a capital umbrella, is the big thing. As long as they have a panic yeah. and, and that massive burst tank, it doesn't it doesn't really matter if it's one hundred and twenty or eighty or or fifty even. Like, it they're well, so different. one of
0: the one of the big aspects with Oracles too is their mining amount was just so massive that it. Just uh, escalated, or you know, exponentially made producing capitals so much faster. So at the same time that capitals are strong, you're also producing them faster, and the minerals are getting cheaper, right? Because more they just more flowing in, um, and so capitals became the premier ship for everything that you would do. Um, whether it was a carrier to Radin or a carrier to kill enemies in, or a dread to rat in, or a dread to kill enemies in, or a super, or a titan to rat in, or to kill enemies in, right? Like they just became the premiership class for for any activity. Um and I think this goes back to that idea of taking away decision making. If there's one tool that can do every job, then there's no other tool, right? Like there's no reason to ever use other tools um and so like citadels and capitals together um meant that they were they were supporting each other right citadels made it easier to make capitals capitals made it easier to um to to fight or to to um to exist in that that era and uh then you just end up having this escalation um I think it's, it's even, really. It's oh, even more it's... than
1: that, though. It's it's like they also increase the ability to crab, right? So the same ships that are allowing you to exist, to hold your space, and allow you, and in like the, all the benefits they kind of couple with citadels, yeah. as you mentioned, but they also allow you to make a shitload of ISK.
0: Yep, and this is where I I pull in Suetonia's thread, and this was posted like a week or. two, ago but it was npc kills graphed on the same graph as ship kills over the last five years so what you see is the npc kills explode after april 2016 right after citadels after capital changes starts going way 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 up but the ship kills right the pvp ships dying stays relatively flat all the way through the last five years um and and like so what that means is people are making more money and building more capitals in that time period and killing more rats but less is or the same amount is dying right so you you get this saturation of excess goods this whole time um and that like just to me shows an economy that like an in-game economy that starts to hemorrhage, starts to um, become, you know, excessive. And it's it's no longer a loop of producers and destroyers keeping things in balance. Instead, it's just constant production and excessive production. Um, and that's where I think, now I'm not an economist, but I, I do find this really fascinating. And that's where then you start to ask questions about, well Plex prices went from you know in that same time period, I think probably eight, nine hundred million to now I think it's like it it was up around two point four billion for for a 30 day subscription. Um so that to me is just a consequence of a a an imbalance. Yeah, an imbalanced economy, right? And and um i I actually would love to see this graph in a month or two months if blackout stays. I think it would it would be really interesting just to like pinpoint how is blackout straight up affecting it um I think also like summer is traditionally a quieter time for Eve people are out doing things with their family, so that may have some some effect some play as well uh but <laughs> I think that would be really cool to see um you know and See if maybe more capitals are dying, or people are doing stuff less in capitals. Um, well, but yeah. this,
1: this graph is really good, but it also doesn't like one thing that just basically reinforces the whole point of this graph is it doesn't mention anything about mining. So yeah, NPC kills have ex- exploded, but n- like mining, especially in Nullsec, exploding isn't even the term for it. Like it, like how many people really mined in Nullsec beforehand? That, there was before no, Rourke. yeah, were before s- Rorquals, it, it was very rare. It wasn't a major thing. Like Rorquals just exploded the amount of mining happening in Nelsec. and and that's not shown on this graph. But it, it and meant, meant they,
0: for sure, yeah, and they were insanely hard to kill, so they were dying less frequently than any other mining ship in previously in the future, you know, or in the sorry in the uh, in the past. So. Uh, just yeah, the combination of the two just made it. I feel pretty insane.
1: Yeah, and really push the whole meta and new gameplay style of like, you know, log into Eve, crab, 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 crab. Okay, now now we're gonna go fight something as a large group, crab, 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 fight war. Like that whole cycle, and the in in the meantime, the small kind of small gang scale was the small scale stuff was just dropping off dropping off less and less roaming gangs you know and not even the people that just have small gang as their playstyle but like just anybody roaming like just roaming gangs altogether just like dropped off dropped off you know that would it if that was plotted on this it would kind of be inverse to the npc kills i think yeah definitely we got citadels then we got capitals. Um what else? We talked is a little bit about mining
0: with the roracles Um then I, I think asset safety is a big determining factor like, like we were saying. Uh Ansiblex jump gates, they're more recent, but they definitely are contributing to um see how how would I say this? The the groups using them are an extreme advantage obviously, but they also... There's no penalty for moving, especially now they they don't game ju- gain jump fatigue. Uh, and so they can zip around, you know, what normally would be 20 jumps in like three or four, and there's no penalty. There's no... Um, yeah, there's no downside to that, which for us as small gangers, we're trying to escape, or we're trying to move around, or what have you. Uh, and we don't have those options. Uh, it, it again, it brings the case, the question of uh, what's the counterplay? What is the the other decision? Um, and that's that can be frustrating from our perspective. but uh, you know, uh, again, it's I just feel like everything in Eve should be so much about what's the counterplay option to that. Um, and I've actually had conversations with, like, uh, large-scale Sovnal FCs talking about the difficulty of dealing with, like, Sinojammers or Ansiblex jump gates on grids with a Keepstar, right? Like, you can't reinforce those. And those things are really important strategic choke points, right? That you if you can shut down an Ansiblex jump gate, then that's going to limit your opponent's ability to move through. But when they're on grid close enough that a keep star can DD your fleet, that is not a grid that you can fight on, right?
1: It's, it's worth pointing out, okay, so common theme of this entire discussion is that as changes happened and these new things came came into the game, they they were improved over their previous kind of iteration of what they were before, posses, whatever it was, right? Well, And, and in the case of the Anzablix jump gate, Uh, That happened again because Anzablik's jump gates were put into the game to uh, replace the um, jump bridge function that Pausus had. So when Anzablik's jump gates were announced, uh, the addition, what, what makes them better is... That now capitals can use it. And initially super capitals could use it without jump fatigue. And they did remove the ability for super capitals to, to use it. So it's still as it stands, capitals can still use it. So you can take an Ansplitz jump gate, max five light year range, I believe, no jump fatigue. Then you can jump to a Sino, which is already in system like the 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 rate you can move capitals around is really crazy. But again, it's only underneath the umbrella essentially. It's only underneath the the blue donut so it encourages groups to you know build these large networks and yeah i don't know it's it's just another case where the (laughs) new version of something was was massively buffed essentially thank god it it doesn't work for titans and supers because that would have been a huge mistake
0: (laughs) oh god and the other thing is i think part of the frustration isn't that this was you know really powerful because i think when a new mechanic comes in or, or you, you make changes, whatever, you're not going to get it 100% right. You know, that's that's very rare and very difficult. But it's the speed at which changes happen that can be really frustrating. And not only with Citadels and, and things, but, I mean, the Swipple, right? T3 Destroyer was introduced, uh, and all the T3Ds were really good. But the Swipple was, bar none, but really, really strong. And it took a year and a half for them to make changes. Um, So that, right, and that's not even a mechanics change. That was like a numbers balance change, like give it less power grid, make it scan res not as good. Like, you know, that is just, that's the frustrating part that I see a lot of times in certain uh, choices or, or things that CCP is working on is the, the focus on new mechanics or new structures or or new things over, um, balance. And I like to bring in the analogy from like team dynamic of when you introduce a new team member, it always throws the dynamic of that existing team into some unbalance. There's, there's going to be some turmoil, And it takes some time to shift. And I think every time you introduce a a new mechanic or a new ship in EVE, um, it's going to cause turmoil, and it's going to cause some balance issues. And I think it's really important to periodically, and I mean very consistently, go in and do balance updates. Because when you bring in new ships, they're going to affect how... People choose to fly the other ships, or uh, the priority that other ships have. So, for instance, T three destroyers came in, and they overclassed assault frigates in in pretty much every way. Um, and assault frigates weren't necessarily in a great spot, but they were. They had some strengths uh, over faction frigates, um, or or other or destroyers, right? But then T three d- destroyers became the best. Um and and then there was this process where okay, assault frigates are gonna get buffed, blah blah blah. And so T three destroyers got brought down, they got nerfed, and they were they were still usable but not as strong. But then assault frigates got buffed, and now I feel that we're currently at a place where assault frigates are um are stronger than tech three destroyers to the point there's not as much reason to use them Um, and so that it's it's almost like when CCP puts in something new they just kind of let it be unbalanced and they they don't come in and make changes very quickly to other things in the game um, that that are being affected right so it's just kind of this uh, large-scale view where you know, you put in an Ikitersa. what does that mean for the ships that are going to be used in Abyssal space? Or what does that mean for the Vedmac, right? Um, what are the advantages and disadvantages? And how is that going to affect and cascade down through other ship classes? Um, and the other ships in that same class? And what kind of reevaluation... Uh, should you be doing, and, and what's that time period, right? Like, I feel like after three months, that oftentimes uh, any balance issue that has come in with a ship, we know after about three months, right? And I feel like that's, there should be starting to be a balance pass around that time. Um, yeah,
1: I, like, that's, CCP is, unless what we're seeing and the things we see from, like, things like, uh, as you mentioned, the people, or or all these Nullsec 2016 to present kind of things that have changed. CCP is very, very poor at iterating on things changes they've made on coming back and and tweaking. In some cases, they get it done. It takes a really long time. Um, but man, I would just I would love to see quicker iterations on on things. I think everyone would. And uh, you know, I'm gonna it's it's gonna be hypercritical of CCP for me to say that. I wish they could do that better. Um, I, I do love Eve. This this episode's been pretty like uh pretty dark. Like we we do love Eve. It's the you know we both have been playing forever, and won't be putting it away for for years to come. But uh, yeah, man, I think I would, I would really like for them to be able to make changes to shit that they bring into the game a little quicker.
0: Right, and I think blackout is the first step in the right direction in a long time. Right, and and I think the next step. Is citadels <laughs> like i hope i hope the next step is some, some adjustment to citadels i'm not saying nerf them to ground i'm not saying like absolutely destroy them what i am saying is like do whatever internal you need to to get passes out but then start making adjustments to citadels that create meaningful decisions and meaningful gameplay um I feel like citadels, in particular, have become what I would call ivory towers, where you can sit in them, you're protected, you can see everything around you, and you can you can shoot out at people, and, and you're very protected. Nothing can really attack you. Um, and if something does attack you, then asset safety, hashtag asset safety. So, like, that, to me, is not engaging, that is not decision-making, right? There's only one decision, it's sit in your citadel um and that's the negative but yeah no i think like this episode is is so much focused about how we got to where we are and not so much focused on where are we going and my hope my earnest hope is that we are going towards a more dangerous future um cuz that to me is so much more interesting than a safe future in the game um and and that's like that's the fun part, right? That's the hope. So yeah, the
1: danger is the key. Nullsec needs to be dangerous for for everyone. Everyone flying around Nullsec. For me, for for Blood, for uh, people in the Imperium, for people in the small, you know, independent alliance that decided to take some of the Sov that is now empty because Botting got wrecked. Like, it needs to be dangerous.
0: Yeah, and and it's because there's a lot of rewards there, right? There's there's a lot of potential money to be made. Um and and so with that, there should be an equal amount of risk and that risk just hasn't existed uh in in the same proportion.
1: So we can pretty much sum this up with uh this is, this is going to be ridiculous, but uh 4Cs changes to Sinos, Citadels and Capitals.
0: And and I think capitals are in a much better spot. Like, that's uh, uh, that's my, my one, like, disclaimer. Capitals are in a much better spot than they were. I'm okay with them. Like, focus on the other two first, Sinos and Citadels. And then see how those all play into each other and do a balance pass. <laughs> like, yes. You know, as you change one, it'll affect the others. So do balance passes.
1: <laughs> all right. That's that's wrapped up. We'll call that a wrap. Let's move into uh, some fights, some fight discussion. We'll get uh we'll get a little better note here. So you uh we had a Drekovic fight the other night, right? You want to talk about that one?
0: Yep. So I've been trying to do this like Drekovic Drekovic like small gang thing. It's based off of Volta's doctrine, but they do it with plates, and I just wanted to do like straight up armor, uh, active armor ra- um hardeners. Uh, and and essentially the idea was. To have this fleet that was somewhere mid scale for from our Leshak fleet, right? Like the Leshaks, they're very strong, very powerful, but uh, I don't want to be going five jumps with them. You know, they, they are also more expensive, so um, limiting the, the risk there. And so this Drekovic fleet was the idea of some added mobility um the potential to go a little bit farther and 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 go out to a fight things like that so we ended up fighting fraternity <laughs> and they had i think it was like what 25 caracals and we had four or five Dracovics and three guardians um yeah i think that was it and we end up fighting like on our wormhole and 25 caracals is a lot of burst dps um, so it was it was going to be kind of sketchy. But yeah, as as soon as we start fighting, they end up switching on to one of the guards and the guard melts. And um, that was like, unfortunate, but okay. What was really funny is we get one of their bazies to like half shield and they start sinowing treads in, like on our wormhole. And so by the time their bazzy, their first bazzy goes down, like our guardian has gone down, and their bazzy is like dying. They had by that time they got what, like I think it was ten dreads on field or something. <laughs> it is pretty funny when they were they were killing us with their twenty five man Caricole fleet. Um, and so so we end up like kind of getting back to the hole, and. uh pharaoh i remember you your Drekovic ended up dying in that but like what happened there because i remember looking at the kill mill and i i'm pretty sure i know what happened there but what happened
1: (laughs) yeah so as you said we kind of jumped through uh and we kind of did a countdown all right decloak in five this is primary four three two one go right and we just started wrecking primary this basilisk and we're wrecking him and as you mentioned our guardian goes down and sino goes up and we make the call to get back to the hole so i'm kind of um, our Dracovics are dual prop. Um, we either run them uh, like MJD AB or MWD AB. So in this case, we we're running MWD ABs. So I, I lit my MWD and tried to get back at the hole like 25k, and I did. I was on the hole at zero, but I was trying to uh, trying to kill the last that bassless that was that was almost dead. I was kind of hanging out, and I don't know if like one of the capitals bumped into me or something but i got fucking bumped off the hole like real hard um because i was sitting at it at zero and the next thing you know i was i was out of jump range so either somebody got a really glorious bump on me or or one of the capitals bumped into me
0: yeah and then i looked at your kill mill and all the damage it was like mostly from the phoenix and then a little bit from the rev and then there was like one caracal that had like 10 dps on you (laughs) like no is it yeah
1: yeah the the over half like four, 55% of the damage on me was from the capitals and i was getting shot early in in the fight um so yeah
0: yeah it happened. yeah and so like but that was the first fight with that kind of concept thing and you know we're we're a small gang group like we don't do a lot of uh what i i would call like doctrine fleet Everyone's fit the same, like there's a core concept kind of engagements. So it's very much testing for us. But the the core idea is if you're fighting something like a dreadnought, you can be in close, you can ramp up, you can avoid some damage with the afterburner. But if you're fighting like another group um, where you potentially gain an advantage from range damage, you can like use MWDs, load Mezon, and be out at, 40k applying consistent ramped DPS, and again we only had I think four or five Drekavics, um and three Guardians versus 25, you know, Kerricks with Bazies, and then they sign out in capitals uh, like that just was laughable to me. Like even with ramp, we barely like we killed that Bazzy, you know, maybe 45 seconds after our Guardian went down. So like they were already winning the war of attrition to a degree. In much cheaper ships, but it for us it was like about that fight, and it was fun and a learning experience. So, yeah, <laughs> I just, mean, really, like I learned, it. I liked on, it, you know. On
1: the BR, it's twenty five versus ten, um, and some of that stuff was like tackle, like cake in a in a in a wolf, which was probably showing up from before or after. It, the wolf was actually after, so like literally three guardians, um, five Drex. We come out and and yeah we did okay because we mm-hmm. lost We lost about a bill and we killed over 400 mil. And, yeah. uh, you know, so if that happens. It was a fun, fun fight to take. I shouldn't have died, but I did. <laughs>
0: uh, it's, and that's the other thing with the drekovic comp is, like, it's geared towards being cheaper. So, you know, you're, imagine if you get bumped off in, like, a one-bill Leshak, it, it's like, well, that's frustrating, you know? But yeah. Let's talk about your fight. <laughs> sure. So
1: my fight was a pretty big one. Um, there was a video made. Uh, there's there was some chatter about it. It was a really good fight. So this fight started. Uh, there's just four of us roaming around. One person was multiboxing a stiletto, or maybe two. I think two were. So anyway, we had a Loki, a carries, uh, uh, a Drekovic, and myself, and a retribution, and then two interceptor alts. Right. So. So we kind of, like in episode two, we talk about small gang meta. So in, in this kind of, I was playing uh, kind of a tackle role and kind of an anti-tackle role. Uh, we had a Loki, which was an arty Loki with a long web, which kind of played, you know, that anti-tackle slash damage role. Like we kind of both, like a, a retribution with a long web in the fleet is, is works really well for anti-tackle. Um, we had a carries who's playing a support role with uh, three damps and a long point. And then we had the Drekovic, which was kind of playing like the large damage role, but it tracks small stuff really well. So kind of uh, leads into that anti-tackle role. So we don't really have a dedicated, really good anti-tackle ship like an Orthrus or something like that. But as a group, um, our ships are together as a team can, can really shred tackle well. So we were roaming around, uh, came across Intrepid Crossing. And uh, it kind of looked like a gate camp at the beginning. And you guys can watch this video. Uh, Jokassis, our guest from last episode, I was flying with him, and he released the video. It's like 30 minutes long, full comms, like everything, all our decision-making. You guys can see everything. It's really cool that way. So it is long, but, you know, you get to see all the decisions and hear the comms, so it's neat. So we went through, and it started off with, like, there was some gnosis around, a praxis, I believe, and they were just kind of on the gate, and we engaged them. We ended up killing 2.32 Bill worth of stuff. Got 14 kills um, just with our small gang of four dudes. But it was really fun. There was lots of caracals, rapid light stuff, interceptors, rapier, Loki. They brought out, like, they had three arty canes shooting at us. So by all means, you're looking at this and you're like, alright, you got, like, a couple frigs, uh, a fairly lightly tanked T3 cruiser, and a and a Drekavik, like, how did those Rapid Light Caracals not just volley you? How did those Ardycanes like not volley you at some point? Not volley anything. Like
0: how how? Yeah, I remember seeing this BR and I one of the first things I asked was, How did you stay alive on grid with a rapier? And like then I watched the video and as soon as he popped up, he the, that was the first thing you guys started calling out. Damps got put on it, and then he starts getting shot and he, he ends up dying. And I was just like, oh, okay. But that to me, rapier is very scary. Loki is very scary for a small gang, and it was just so, really surprising to see this BR with only, you know, five ships on it. Uh, one of which I know is being actually two are being dual boxed, right? Um, and it, it was just like, oh wow, like you know, this is essentially, um, what you've got three actual people, three physical people. We had at, four, four people. Four? Sorry. Yep. Okay. It was Nith, U, Cake. I thought Heneral was. I thought Hineril was an alt.
1: Heneral and Baxter are alts. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So four. But and and so it's four physical people. And just watching the the video, I was just like, this is dope. Like this is really cool. Um, it was
1: it was um, the epitome of small gang fights. This is yeah, what this yeah. is what we strive for. Of fights like this, and you can look at it and just be like, oh, those guys are bad. But you know what? They they made mistakes, but uh, we didn't.
0: We well, didn't and, make and mistakes. The, the, thing, the thing that gets me is one carrier would have made it impossible for you guys to fight. You know, in this situation. Yeah. And, well, and, there but there was a carrier
1: and <laughs> a dread at one point. Uh, <laughs> it, but it didn't kill anything, so it doesn't show up. That's the thing: is they didn't get any. There was more than this on grid. We didn't kill everything but they didn't kill anything so their stuff doesn't show up on the br uh, yeah yeah so okay. so at one point they did drop uh, caps on us and we just kind of kited away and regrouped went back through the gate and then fought on the other side like you know so yeah it's well it's, and that's the thing
0: you had to avoid them like that's i guess that's the the, the argument i'm making is like well, these guys were bad, yes, but when the Capitals were there, it didn't matter how bad they were. You know, like... <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh... But... And it's just more interesting. Like, when you see... You see subcaps, You see cruisers and, and things like that. It's... it's You get really fun... I think this is probably the best small-gang fight I've seen R-Corp get in, like, a year and a half. Probably. Yeah.
1: And it's four dudes. Like, so... And, and, like, okay, so I'll, I'm going to, like, be crystal clear here. Their ships were cheap for the most part. Like I said, in total, we killed 2.32 bill worth of things. If we lost, like, that Loki plus, plus clone was was going to be 2.3 bill. My Retribution is about 300 mil. My clone is about 1 bill. Nith, I'm sure, was running mid-grade snakes in his 350 mil carries. Uh Jocastis Castus in the Drekovic. I'm sure that Drekovic was probably eight hundred to one bill, and I'm sure uh, he was flying mid or high grade snakes. So we had our we had our isk out on the table. Like you know, yeah. th- it's dangerous. I hear a lot of people say like, oh, these wormholers just come out of your wormholes and gank VNIs then run. Like no, fighting on a grid, outnumbered against this kind of stuff in expensive shit like there's no reason not to try and come fight this like you and get, for one, us, that's get what, one kill and it makes up for this fleet's entire losses
0: and that's what makes it exciting for us we have skin in the game we have something on the table to lose you know like <laughs> i don't know yeah. if, uh, i don't get that excited when i fly a caracal because if it dies i just don't even care or an osprey navy like i'm just like well if i die whatever like yeah but
1: i don't really care if, if things die like i like i fly snakes because it enables me to fight against more things like that's the kicker that's the big that's the big takeaway here is that flying like properly fit blingy stuff enables you to do things that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise so it 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 works it's good but the reason this happened is communication and having the right ships, like, the right comp. Everything kind of worked and synergized. And then Nith was flying so well um, with, like, just so well with the damps. Like, damping the right target, not having to be told, communicating what he's damping. Um, I was flying within 30k of shit the entire time, which manually piloting for that long is is quite difficult without getting scrammed. Um, It's like, I don't think I had Aurora loaded once this entire fight so find a kill mail that says retribution aurora i di- i you won't
0: <laughs> well and with rapiers and loki like 30k is the scariest that's that's well within wide range like that's spooky
1: yeah but it's outside of triple like you can triple damp a rapier down to next to nothing especially 24
0: with 23 i think yeah
1: so th- i mean that's how it gets done it's communication and people yeah. doing their job really really well so um again guys give the video a listen uh throw some comments on youtube if you like if you enjoyed it but um yeah it was a super fun fight like uh yeah, we have props to these guys for coming out and trying to fight and like you know it's this is like this is why i play eve is to get content like this it's like my yeah. my one hit okay i'm good to play for another six months now that i got right? that hopefully but it's in like next six months i'll get another one
0: yeah you see joe video and that's like the one out of 10 fights that like was you know <laughs> was good that's what gets turned into videos but like that's the that's the fun part is trying to find those um, the best part
1: of the video is jokacastus being like yeah i know my ship doesn't have a cap injector i was i was trying something and yeah, it's not like, at all meant just... for fights like this it's meant for like yeah. being on grid for a short amount of time leaving not a long sustained fight so he's constantly got text rolling across the screen like yeah, yeah, I know this is really bad. It's not what it looks like. I do fly a cap injected fit normally. I just wanted to try something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like just bad timing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, funny. That, it's... that brings me to our last fight was actually like last night two nights ago, I think. And what I've noticed with Blackout is that I'm seeing a different variety of ships um running around. And we ran into kind of an old school group uh old school kind of like fleet comp which was vnis with a lachesis um and we i came in there were two separate engagements i wasn't involved in the first one um but they were out in like a nightmare a legion a Drekovic, and then i think our like a Stratos died early on but it was like i think eight ish vnis with three execs for logi and a Lachesis. And I just, remember, I get on comms and they're saying like, this Lachesis is like damping us out. Like it's really hard to deal with. And so I go over there in a Harp Navy. Um, and they couldn't break an exec in that first engagement. So then I think we end up picking up me in a Harp Navy and a Cinnable. And so now it's Nightmare Legion, Cinnable, uh, drekovic, Harp Navy. And I think like, someone in a retry or or another tackle ship and so we start kind of like edging back in to try and poke at them again and like what got me was just uh and what made it really interesting is i didn't think we could break three execs um if they were you know on top of stuff but we end up like target switching and killing one exec just melting it because reps didn't land in time and then instead of killing more execs we start trying to pick off vnis and start killing them and then we kill the lachesis and like then we finished off the last two execs um but that whole time it was like the drone cloud was just like chasing around after like jocastis in a nightmare (laughs) which was funny because if they had put the drones on anyone else on that grid it would have forced off damage would have made it really hard for us to stay on and like we also we had thrown ecm drones on the latch and the execs that we weren't shooting, so it's really hard to tell like what jams landed from those, and they're only five second jams. But maybe that's part of why we broke something like we did. Um, but like that that sense of encountering a different type of composition than we're used to really felt like it was because of blackout. It really felt like it was because they needed to be able to move ar- around space a little bit faster, or they needed to be in ships that, like, you know, with drones that can just throw stuff out and apply to a large variety of things. This is um, in Providence, and, right? Yeah, it was in Pravi. So, that was, like, that to me just felt kind of, uh, like, like, that was a direct, uh, association with blackout. I don't know if that's actually the case, dude. It, like it that's was
1: because because I log on after that, and we went out again in small stuff because of the response to your fight, and we found those same dudes, and they were ratting in an anom as a group, like that's where. <laughs> so like they yeah they they, they, they were, were doing like that ratting yeah.
0: defensively. That's I fucking, okay. I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah, because they would never do that with 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 local. Like they would have all been in separate anomalies, ratting, and then warped back to station.
1: Yeah, I just love that. Like, it's it's so much. Like, and those dudes were on comms. I bet. I mean, yeah, we're ta- saying this like now we're going to find out like somebody will write into us and be like, yeah, that's, that was me. I'm multi-box all those.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, we do think the execs were multi-box. They had very similar names and that would also explain part of like the reps being low. But again, there were two separate engagements. And in the first engagement, there was not enough damage to break the execs. Like they were actually repping things. They were keeping people alive and it, it, they won the first engagement, right? They did the things they needed to. They had a lechesis damping down the main damage projectors in the the Drakovic and the nightmare, and their logi were keeping people alive, right? And they were balling up and they weren't extending too much. Um and then in the second engagement, maybe we just had more dPS. Maybe we got jams off. Maybe that multiboxer was starting to get fatigued, whatever it was, like then we kind of we were able to start breaking things and and snowball the fight. Um, but it was way more interesting than w- what what I've had the last, you know, three, four, eight months, whatever. Um, and and that's not to say that there haven't been good fights in the past. It was just, I don't remember the last time I fought a drone group. You know, it was just, it was more interesting. It was something new, something fresh. And it was one week into, into no local. I thought it was just way more interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just one bonus one. I want to talk about a fight we had last night. Because it was really interesting. So this was after Blood mentioned his fight. So after that we're kind of running around. We found the guys that uh, that he they had fought. But they kind of warped off. And, and we continued roaming around. And then I don't know if this was. This is Providence. So it could be either one. I don't know if this was a content freighter. Or if this dude legitimately fucked up. And warped his freighter through a gate. And didn't know we were there because of blackout. But, sure enough, I scouted this freighter. See that where he's going? And uh, and we tackle this freighter and start pushing him in. We push him into armor. And there's kind of like stuff jumping in and then warping off. Like a Kate and, and an Interceptor, stuff like that. And then, sure enough, the, the help comes. And uh, I end up dying this fight. But it was a really good fight for the guys. The, the grid was very chaotic. This, the freighter got into deep structure, but he got safe. They they brought quite a few number of ships in, including like a Lashak, Orthruses, like a lot of anti-tackle stuff. Um, I'll link the BR because after I died, the guys continued and did quite well. Killed like over a bill worth of stuff. Um, you know, there's a Falcon we killed, just lots of stuff. Uh, it was it was pretty an intriguing, engaging fight. I I really like flying the Retribution up close, as they should be. Um, they do pretty good amount of damage and and they're fast and we kind of use them as like a pseudo tackle that can also damage things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. It was a good fight. So another good blackout. F- I haven't had a lot of ch- time to play recently, but I have been getting pretty good content when I log in and, and go roaming. So,
0: yeah, I'm enjoying it. I am really excited to see how things change over the next three weeks. I think, um, I think by one month in, like we'll, we'll have a good idea of like what it actually is how it's actually affecting the game um positive or negative and go from there.
1: Yeah, so I think that's that's it guys. We went pretty long, but uh let's get some shoutouts and wrap this thing up. So uh for me, I just want to give a shout out to uh to all the returning small gangers because there's been quite a few cuz of blackout some notable ones. Uh stunt, Hippo Whisper, Anim- anime masters, those guys, they are back in game and and roaming around solo trying to kill ratters and I just saw stunt got bosoned in his Loki by a yep. Ragnarok and delve. So dude, stunt streams are
0: <laughs> my favorite. They like you cannot blunt the stunt man. Um, just like shout out to him on Twitch TV slash Anime Shogun, I think. Um, but he he always has like the memeiest music and stuff, and it's just uh, it's so good. And he he like him and Anime Masters have pioneered like the hyperspatial, like, armor Stratios, the Shield of Stero. Hippo Whisper has some of the craziest fits. Um, and, like, one of the guys in there, uh, I think his name's, like, oh, I want to say Cool Coolcat02, or I don't know, I'm probably, it's, I cannot remember his exact name, but he he was one of the first guys I ever saw do combat interceptors. Um, this was before Swordfleet even existed, and he would do these, like, insta-warping, Interceptors go around and kill V and Ishtar's with them, um, even though they did like seventy DPS. Uh, so, like, that's really cool to see. I, I I like seeing content creators coming back to the game. For sure. Yeah. Um. My shout out, JoCastis, with that dope vid that we mentioned. We're definitely gonna be posting it uh, with the show notes and all that. Um. Definitely worth watching and just if you're interested in small gang, if you're getting into small gang and you've listened to this entire episode well, will like power to you because we went pretty tastic and, and real deep into the Citadel stuff but um, watch that video, like listen to the communication, I think that's like the big takeaway there uh, is how communication in a small gang is so much more of a conversation, it's like this back and forth um, relaying information of what you're doing as well as like there's some target calling but it's a lot of just people calling out priorities and then agreeing on them and then and then taking action and like that's just so cool um and it is a really really good video really good uh fight
1: on behalf of all the the Eve community i think we'd like to shout out CCP for finding their balls and uh <laughs> And, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully they can continue on and, uh, you know, not make me regret saying that.
0: I'm waiting for the banhammer to come down.
1: All right, guys. Well, with that, remember, it's not the size of your gang.
0: It's how you use it.